Good morning, Kindred. Uh, my name is Charlie Baber. I'm the youth pastor at University United Methodist Church, um, and we're related to each other, uh, not just because we're United Methodists, uh, but um, I also, as your youth pastor, am coming to you after just doing a youth lock-in on Friday night. And so um, there's nothing like preaching a sermon on humility after staying up all night running through the church with 30 teenagers, just praying that we are not destroying the organ or the preschool or anything like that. Um, also, uh, it is Candace Florian's birthday. Um, I don't, the band literally just disapparated, so I don't know if they're still here or not, but happy birthday, Candace. We will sing to her when she comes back. That is a promise. Uh, will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you so much uh, for your love for us. We thank you for the cross of Christ. Uh, we thank you for the life of Christ. We thank you for uh, this scripture reading and um, for this time together in worship and fellowship. And we pray that um, the words of my mouth and the meditations on our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. There she is. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Candace. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Um, Candace is not only like up here singing all the time, she also is kind of like the administrative genius that pulls off a lot of this church. Um, so we are just so grateful for all that you do for us and for our community. Thank you. Um, okay, so I'm going to just put my lock-in brain aside. Um, I, I kid you not, like early on Friday night, there were some kids that were like, are we gonna be doing Bible stuff? And I was like, maybe a little, but not, <laughs> everything is Bible stuff. We're the, we're the people of faith. All right, um, okay, so I, I, we're going to do a show of hands poll here. Um, some of you maybe did not grow up in the church, but a lot of us did, um, and maybe not all of us are from a church like this in our background. So I'm curious, uh, by show of hands, how many of you have ever belonged to a church community that expected you to bear witness to your faith by either going door to door and knocking on people's doors and telling them about Christianity, or uh, handing out pamphlets instead of candy to trick-or-treaters, uh, leaving a gospel track for your waitress instead of tipping her, um, or any other form of proclaiming God's love fiercely to strangers. Have any of you belonged to one of those churches? I definitely did. Um, okay, now, show of hands, how many of you would, um, would leave one of those churches today if that was an expectation placed on you? <laughs> All right, so welcome to uh, today's sermon on bearing witness to the Christian faith. <laughs> uh, please don't leave yet. All right, um, so I, I work with teenagers and uh, also their parents, and uh, I find a lot of parents 
especially parents that find Christianity to, be, Christianity to be important to them, have a concern when it feels like the church or Christianity is not important to their children. Um, I also hear this from older parents who have kids that are now adults who don't go to church anymore. And so um, when parents come to me with, what do I do? Uh, my first question back to them is, uh, well, why does Jesus matter to you? And usually, um, especially if you haven't grown up being taught five things to say to strangers about what Jesus means to you, you may hear that question and think, well, well gosh, I just know this is important, but I don't know how to answer that question. Um, and so today, uh, I actually wrote this sermon two or three times and didn't like any of it, so it's sitting under my chair. Um, and I think uh, what's more important, as we're finishing a three-week series on um, being influencers, uh, that um, we, we dig deep into why Jesus matters to us. Um, so this is not like a um, clickbaity seven healthy habits to harnessing humility um, or, <laughs> I made that up. Um, <laughs> can we call the sermon that on the podcast? Please don't. Um, uh, it, it's not um, pro tips for how to uh, win friends and influence others for the gospel. Um, instead, we are going to dig into this very challenging scripture from the book of Philippians uh, on what it means to um, follow the pattern of Christ, um, the pattern of Christ's life. Um, and the word that Paul uses in, in here over again is uh, humility. Um, and so the thing about humility is it's not really something you can uh, insist other people have. Um, for example, if I were to stand before you as your preacher and insist that you just be more humble, that you suck it up and take whatever the world gives you, um, that you stand silent before your accusers because that's what Christ did, um, I would ask that you be a little suspicious of my intentions and my motives um, because uh, the world and especially the church has a really terrible history of people with power, um, people with authority, uh, using the Christian virtue of humility to keep people who are already humiliated under their feet. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a challenge uh, to stand before any group of people um, and talk about the Christian virtue of humility um, without acknowledging uh, a history of abuse around this virtue. Um, I've heard it say that the, the virtue of humility um, becomes a vice and a vice grip on those who are already humiliated when we with power, when anyone with power insists upon the humility of someone else. Now also, it would be a pretty crummy sermon if I came up here and insisted on the example of my humility that you should follow. Um, uh, and if I were to start doing that, I would ask you to go Anigo Montoya on me and say, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Um, so I, I, I want to invite us to look together at the scripture again. Uh, if you have the bulletin on your phones, you can look directly at it. And um, Philippians is this short little letter that Paul wrote um, to the church at Philippi, and I believe he was actually writing to them from prison. 
Um, so he was in some fairly humiliating circumstances himself. Um, but he's writing to the church this letter, and the whole point of the letter is what it means to be a people who follow Jesus, what it means to be a community that calls themselves Christian. And so in this letter, um, uh, Paul is not just giving them things to believe in. Paul is saying, if this is what we believe about who Jesus is, then this is the pattern our life needs to follow now. So I want to read to you again from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. This is called the Christ Hymn. Uh, This is what it's commonly called. It's believed to have been a poem that the early church would recite almost like a creed or liturgy um, before any letters to the church were written. So it's possibly one of the earliest, um, I, I guess, things of the church that we have saved in our scripture. And so uh, the idea is that it's very likely the church in Philippi would have said this Christ hymn probably every week that they gathered together. And Paul places it right at the center of his letter. It says this, though he, Christ, was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, this is a sort of creed, a sort of statement of belief similar to uh, the song we recently sang. Um, I wonder, uh, sometimes we say creeds in the church or we sing a song like that and um, we we sing parts of it or say parts of the creed wholeheartedly and other parts we kind of mumble because we're not sure how much of that part we believe or what we want to say about those things. Um, But uh, Paul is sharing this Christ hymn back to the Philippians as the patterning example for what it means for them to be the church. So uh, he actually begins it by saying, let this be your attitude. Um, Some translations say, let this be your mindset. Um, What I recently came across uh, that is now my new favorite thing instead of attitude or mindset was let this be your orientation. Let this be the orientation of how you see the world how you live in the world. And then he immediately talks about Christ being God, but seeing that as a power and a goodness that he refused to exploit. So when Christ came and lived with us, um, he could have been king, you know? All of these temptations uh, early in the Gospels to be king, to do miracles that would elevate him, um, he put aside. Um, And Paul says he emptied himself Um, when you think of Christ emptying himself, he still was God, he still had power, he was still doing miracles, but he was not doing these things to elevate himself. Like if you read the Gospel of Mark, he's always telling people to be quiet about how awesome he is. Um, He's like, please don't tell anyone. 
Um, it's almost like he was embarrassed of his son of godness. Um, and so he didn't see his, his power as something to exploit. Now, uh, what's important about knowing this about Jesus is that Paul parallels this exact language just a few verses before in how we are to live as the church. In verse 3, he says, don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility think of others as better than yourselves. Now, um, the selfish purposes word there, um, I'm just going to say as a gay person who grew up in the church um, and it was kind of always led to believe that coming out is a very selfish thing, um, that being who God made you to be um, is bad and selfish. So I hear the word selfish in scripture and get a little nervous about how it's going to be applied. Um, so I, I did some digging on the word there. The, the Greek term uh, for selfish purposes here is uh, also empty glory. And I really love that empty glory parallels this idea of Christ emptying himself. So when, when we see we're not supposed to do something for selfish purposes, it, it more deeply means, uh, when that word selfishness there, more deeply means kind of like an ambition or drive to make myself known or famous or prestigious or better than everyone else. It's almost like a elevation of, of personal supremacy. And so uh, I, I believe last week Pastor Daniels talked especially about building others up. Um, and I see in this scripture this idea of thinking of others as better than yourselves. Um, that's also been used to harm people, right? It's also been, well, you need to, you need to be more worried about um, the husband who's abusing you than tell the truth about what's happened to you. You need to be more worried about what's good for everybody else, even if everybody else is stepping on you. Um, just so many ways that society, and especially the church, has used this argument of humility, um, of selfishness, um, to insist that the first are going to stay the first and the last are going to stay the last. And um, I'm pretty sure Jesus had some words about that. In fact, he said, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Um, one of the Old Testament scriptures that's used to elevate Jesus as this suffering servant is also talks about mountains being made low and valleys being brought up, and that this is a demonstration of God's glory. And so the gospel of Jesus never was like a one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter. Um, when I say humility, it means the same thing for you that it means for you. Um, so suck it up, buttercup. No, it's, 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 it's something that levels the playing field. Uh, it's something that brings us into actual, healthy, flourishing community with one another. Um, so uh, when we see in this scripture, don't be selfish or consider others as better than yourselves, um, it is going to mean something different to one person in this room than it does for another person. Um, and so it's important that we see Christ as our pattern for living. We don't see Christ as the cookie cutter that if I don't look exactly like what this white guy up here is telling me Jesus is supposed to look like, um, then I have somehow not been the right type of Christian. Instead, the model that we see um, is, is that Jesus 
emptied himself and did not consider the goodness of him being God, the power of him being God, as something to exploit, as something to hold over other people. Instead, it was something to elevate everyone. And so when we are invited into Christian community, the the community of the cross, the community that follows Jesus, who emptied himself and humbled himself to obedience, even unto death on the cross, we are a people who do not use that cross to harm others. We do not use that cross as a weapon. The Crusades literally are like elevating the cross to kill people. Um, The KKK putting up burning crosses to terrorize people. The cross has been used to do terrible things, and that is not why God came, right? God came to lift up the lowly and to humble the exalted. And that is... Not, that's not good news for everybody, especially the ones who are already exalted. It is very good news for those who are not already exalted. Um, and so we, we've been talking about uh, what it means to influence, what it means to bear witness in this world. And um, I find it is very important uh, that we not be afraid to bear witness um, the, the word evangelical has kind of become a byword in our society. Um, uh, most people my age that grew up in the church now use the word ex-evangelical to talk about themselves. Um, and, and that's okay. But Jesus still matters. Jesus still matters to me, and I, I think Jesus still matters to you. Um, I mean, unless your parents dragged you here today, I don't know. Um, (laughs) but uh, Jesus also still matters to everyone out there. And our job isn't to be um, car salesmen for Jesus. I'm pretty sure that's not the number one reason he came. He wasn't even a car salesman for himself. Um, our, Our number one job is not to be a perfect utopian society, um, because we, we can't be, we're still just people, um, Our job is to maybe have a little bit of humility about what we can and cannot accomplish and a lot of grace and forgiveness um, for what not only we can and can't accomplish, but also what each other can and can't accomplish. I was sharing with Pastor Daniel um, that I really need churches like Kindred and University to succeed um, because there's not a lot of churches out there where I'm welcome. Um, In fact, the vast majority of churches, even ones that um, look like they'd be welcoming. Um, (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Um, So so it's it's very important to me that this church know why Jesus matters and bear witness to that. Um, You don't have to use the term evangelical if you don't want to, um, but I... I say maybe just because other people ruined the word doesn't mean that we have to throw out our witness or um, our humility that um, the gospel really matters. It's really good news, um, especially for those um, who want to believe but have a hard time believing it. So I ask you, why does Jesus matter to you? When you go to lunch today, um, I want you to talk to whoever you're with and try to answer that question. 
Why does Jesus matter to you? Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you love us, that you emptied yourself to show us your love. And God, we thank you that um, you stand with those who suffer. We thank you that you stand with those who are oppressed and that you constantly um, speak out against those who would harm others, that you constantly speak out against those who would um, use your love as a weapon or your word as a weapon to put others down. God, I thank you for this community here um, that not only welcomes my family and me, but um, that gives us a chance to flourish in the love of Christ. I, I pray that you would help us in this community bear witness to your love, um, to do so with humility and grace and forgiveness. Help us not to rush, rush to judgment of ourselves or of others uh, when we or they fail to love the way that you love. We pray that in our worship, in our creeds, in our fellowship, in our service, that you alone would be glorified. Help us to do nothing for empty glory for ourselves, but to trust in you alone. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.